This is Nathan Fitch, Technical Advisor, Crash Landing on the Moon Tower Podcast. Three, two, one, let's jam. Brutality. After the brutality. Did you, did you like that, Nate? I did. What bad? I liked everything except for the snare drum. I'm gonna say. Oh I'm no! Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh god! Sorry. Oh god! Everyone's gonna be pissed now. They're coming after you now, Nate. It's not as bad as Lars. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Don't. You know what? It's, it's okay. Bucket. It's okay. You, There's you know a guy on YouTube who solved it by remixing it with the snare as a better snare. Oh yeah. And it's a better album. It's a better album. That album, Jesus. I, <laughs> you know what? Improv class told me to roll with it, so I'm going to roll with it. I remember when that album came out. I was 15 and very excited. We're talking about Saint Anger, by the Saint way. Anger, the... Uh, uh, I mean, we could have done the album that must not be named, but I mean, what, here we are. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. That piece of shit. Yeah. 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 I am the table. No, you do. <laughs> I don't even care if you understood what that uh, was. It an opera that it was based on, or a play? Something like that. It was like some weird fantasy in Lou Reed's head that Metallica it, decided no, it to was, play instruments to. Well, I had heard that it was based off an actual play or an opera. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, Lou Reed had lyrics written to it, and somebody got the bright idea of hooking them up. And, and it they, resulted they in a yeah. fucking catastrophe. Because <laughs> even if you know the, the material, which I don't, like mm-hmm. that is based on, that album was just bad. It just sounded bad. It was played bad. The song, there is just bad. Yeah, dude. Like when it came out, like my drummer Marshall, like we uh, featured their uh, his band Black Shroud on a previous episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, dude. But, like, he bought it when it first came out, and he's like, I don't know why I did this. Like, I just tried to support Metallica, so I'm Metallica, but, like, this is weird. It was just bad. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I watched the I Am the Table, uh, the video, because mm-hmm. I guess they hooked it with Darren Aronofsky to shoot it. Okay. And even the video, I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is just literally bad. But I mean, what are you supposed to do with that sort of like concept? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, who thought that would be a good <laughs> idea? Like, you just imagine them like like I'm having trouble. Like I I consider myself a relatively creative person. Yeah. And, like yeah. Did Lars think that was avant garde? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, oh, this is actually a really cool idea. You know. But yeah. Anyway, fuck that album. <laughs> yep. But I remember when Saint, when Saint Anger came out because I remember prior to that. God, this is so stupid. MTV had their icons show. Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. first one they and it was like, you know, bands that were in the MTV era and shit and had popular videos and blah blah blah. The first they did I think three years, uh, or three shows of this in three in subsequent years. The first one they did it was like a tribute to living band the first one they did Janet Jackson. Oh then Aerosmith. Okay. And Metallica. And they had it, it was an absolute fucking shit show. 
an absolute horrible Sounds shit like show. it. I mean, yeah. Limp, Limp Biscuit did a cover of Sanitarium. Corn <laughs> did a decent oh, cover. Oh, yeah, of I remember that cover. Admiral Bean came out and did Damn. Fuel. Uh, Sum 41 did a medley. Snoop Dogg came out uh, doing a, a shitty freestyle rapping to Sabbath True. Dude, <laughs> Jim Brewer came out because he's opened a million shows for them. I need to look this shit up. This sounds like fucking comedic gold. Oh, it's, dude, it's garbage. Garbage. It's uh, that's so, my favorite kind of music, I, man. Yeah, but when I, was, yeah. <laughs> when I was 14, I'm like, don't fucking don't go die! You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'll admit like, it, fucking, like, at one point in time, they were the best band on the planet for me. Yeah. They were just like everything. Metallica! Fucking, once again, those first four albums. Five, if you want to count Black yeah. Album. Honestly. Great, great stuff. Favorite that, thrash band right now in that, like, you know, era would be Exodus. Exodus is good. Yeah. Testament's also very good. Yeah. Also very underrated. Very, very close second would be Testament. Uh, yeah. Sodom. Very Creator. Good. Creator. Overkill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of other great bands besides the Big Four, but yeah, the Big Four put out some great shit. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's always hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I was like a big, like you know, pure-hearted uh, Megadeth fan for the longest time. I I dab I dabble with the Megadeth. Um, I can give my I can give credit to Dave Mustaine. I mean, the dude. He wrote Incredible some guitar player. Good ass shit. I, I'll, I'll give him his. I'll give him his jive. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. He's just a raging douchebag. But then mm. again, so is James and Lark. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We can all agree that they're. It's I don't know. Everything's like fruit from. The experience of like the, the other like Metallica, just like like hey you know we gotta like bounce back even further from like this like shit or whatever. So they got really big really quick because they were like you know. In the endeavor, at the time, you know. Well, I mean, it took them. Yeah. I mean, when I say it only took them ten years to get huge, that's still kind of a feat considering. Oh, dude, yeah. No one ever expected them to be big. They themselves a fucking brand, man. They did. They they basically they turned themselves into like a kiss kind of thing. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Minus sands all the merch. No, they 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 kept humble when they needed to, and that's what's kept them endearing through generations because they've always had like you know a hit during every like you know generation up yeah. to this point basically yeah that's uh that's true but I, yeah I was at one point in time I was all about the Metallica and at the end of that Icon show they went up and performed the medley they did uh Hit the Lights Creeping Death uh another song and then they ended the show like the actual broadcast, they were in the middle of playing uh, Frantic, the okay. opening song on yeah, St. Yeah. Anger. And we we're just like, oh, what? this actually sounds cool. Mm-hmm. You know, just from the little tidbit that they were playing when the broadcast shut out. So I'm like, wicked excited, you know, new Metallica record, yeah! It's gonna be awesome! You know, they're back! I remember my, it was. I think it was like a couple days before my birthday or after my birthday. It was like the last day of school too, middle school. It was uh, seventh grade. Okay. I think my dad bought me the record, the album. Fuck, what's the difference? I took it home. I started listening to it. I listened to it front to back, and I was like, "Huh, okay, that's definitely not what I expected." 
at all. Right. Not even a little bit. So I said cool and then went to Grummy's record store and bought Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> and came back and listened to that front to back. Much to the uh, cancer chagrin of my mother who fucking... Well, she was at that point where I was like, you know, the boys are growing up. You got to just let them rock out to the stuff they want to listen to. But she loved Appetite for Destruction when it came out. So it's like... Yeah. She's like, oh, Axel, why do you have to say so many curse words? I'm like, come on. Like, really, ma? Like, you were like 29, 28, 30, whatever the hell, when that album came out, when it got big. And you've always talked about how much you loved it. But, like, it was at that time, uh, you know, my parents were, I don't know if your parents did this, we were still in that church-going phase, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like. My, my, my parents' band was Journey. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, yeah. Oh, my mom loves Steve Perry. Like, I remember her blasting "Oh Sherry" so many times. Or, uh, "Girl Can't Help It" from Journey. Yeah. I'll admit it. Love that song. Not just because of my mom, or my mom, or whatever, but like, once again, great vocal harmonies. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, they're at that point where I was like, okay, they're growing up, and a lot of the stuff that we like, liked, you know, back in the day, they're gonna start liking, but. We're kind of ashamed of it because we're parents now, even though deep down, you know, whatever. And yeah. I remember at one point, I I remember writing out a list of albums that I wanted for my birthday. Like, it was a giant list. And it was all, like, all the classic stuff, you know, the ACDC, the ZZ Top, and all the metal stuff and whatnot. And I remember just hearing about User Illusion, which obviously... We all know Pales in Comparison, Appetite for Destruction, but also yeah. those great songs. And my dad was like, I can't listen to that because they talk about drugs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, they talk about what? What are drugs? What's sex? What's <laughs> what's uh, substance abuse? What's what's L.A.? <laughs> like, what, what are they talking about? Now I'm interested. And I remember uh, my dad was the first out of the two to just say, fuck it. And... Alright, we're just going to listen to what you listen to. Because I remember going to him after hearing Disposable Heroes for the first time. Okay. From Metallica's Master of Puppets. Uh, it was on 989 The Bear. They have the mandatory Metallica show that yeah, a lot of yeah. rock stations around the country carry where it's Metallica for a half hour and they play four or five songs or whatever. And I remember sitting there because I was all about the 90s stuff at that time. You know, getting into them like Load, reload the black album. Yeah, yeah. S or not S and M, but uh, Garage Incorporated. Yeah, which is actually has some great, great covers. Oh yeah, yeah. Each Fucking one of those Stone actually Cold had, like some okay like tracks here and there, you know. But I was like getting in that phase of like, you know, this is this is hard. This is awesome, you know, because I didn't know any better. But like going back and listening to like, especially Load and Reload, where I'm like, ah, you could have just made this one album. You could have. There's no need for two albums because there's, yeah, there's that, a, that was a little far. There's a lot of duds. On I mean, both they could have done B sides, I guess, but I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, but, yeah. if they would have made like a ten or twelve track album out of those two albums, they it could have been really good, I think. Yeah, because there's yeah, there's a lot of duds on both of them. Because I like how like Sister Down did like their B sides on Steelers album because they waited yeah. like they waited like a hot minute like. Two and a half years, I think, after uh, oh, Toxicity. Yeah. After, oh, yeah, because after Toxicity came out, they blew up. Yeah. They blew up. And then they had to follow that up with, like, Hypnotized Mesmerized, that sounded nothing like it. it. I mean, that's, like, all Darren Malakian. 
or whatever. Well, once again, they got yeah. they they do what ninety nine point nine nine percent of the bands that get big yeah. do. They get more polished. Yeah. And sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of those bands, you know, you can argue with, you know, Metallica did it, definitely, you know, with the Black Album and then with Love, where they just like, people got pissed that they were changing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think just the songs, like, like going back to, once again, uh, retrospect, going back to like Load and Reload, there's a lot of duds on both those albums. Or as opposed with like Use Your Illusion One and Two from Guns N' Roses after they got big and went hitting the fucking stadium, eighty five thousand seaters. There's a lot of killer tracks on Use Your Illusion One. Use uh-huh. Illusion Two has two, you know, but <laughs> there's thirty songs on both albums combined. Yeah, that's actually one of my. Uh, uh, I'm digressing. That's actually one of my nerd things I want to do is take Use Your Illusion One or One and Two. And make it one album. Uh huh. I think. I think if I can well, get I just it, take like the best of both. And then oh yeah. Well, and, make, it's, yeah. and it's mainly user illusion one. Yeah. With uh, I I honestly think you start if if I can go into it real quick. You start the if you're gonna put both of those together. I've I've got this down. I'm convinced of this. You start it with Civil War and you end it with You Could Be Mine. Yeah. I thought about putting Coma, which ends User Illusion 1 at the end of it, like the 10 and a half minute song, which is so fatty. Like, both of those albums are just fat. Like, not good fatty. Yeah. They're just fat. Like, the song should not be eight minutes. These are four minute songs. Anyway. It should be like radio edits, some of them, I guess. Some of them, like, like God, don't yeah. cry. Why do you have two versions of I that? I mean, like, a whole editing process, but, like, I, I don't know. It might be for the better, honestly. Because, like, I think you start. You start the final, I'm going to call it the final edit. You start it with Civil War, you end it with You Could Be Mine, and then songs two to whatever is basically User Illusion 1. There's stuff from it. Anyway, I digress. Going back to the Metallicas, um, which I... I <laughs> mind. Did you see that video? Did I send you that video of the Irish dude getting all excited because Metallica was coming to town? I think I've seen that one before. He was getting so excited. He's sitting in the past. He's sitting. Are you Metallica? Metallica. Metallica. He's like, oh, you mean Metallica? Metallica coming to town? And talking to his girlfriend is holding her phone recording. He's like, Metallica coming. And she's like, what? Metallica. Metallica coming to town. And she's like trying to decipher it. And she says something about you too. And Bono, and he's just like, "I oh, fuck that cunt." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Fuck them!" I'm talking about Tim Licker, Tommy. It's fucking hilarious. Anyway, uh, Disposable Heroes. I'm like 14 years old. I had the big bows, the giant like padded head- yeah. headphones. I'm sitting them like because I had heard about their 80s stuff. I had, I'm like, "What's Master of Puppets? What's Ride the Light? What is it?" I, I didn't know. I was ignorant to the fact. And dude comes on, uh, I think the guy who ran it was named, the DJ at the time, <laughs> true story, I don't know if he ran Mandatory Metallica or was, he was a DJ on 989 The Bear, because that was like the risque station. Yeah, yeah. Like early Bob and Tom would be uh, on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> or, Classic or shit. Their, their, no, it, was, it wasn't Bob and Tom. Bob and Tom was on another station. Their version of that was Elvis and Hammer. Oh, uh, okay. It was 99 The Bears. So they were like more of the risque. You know, they play the harder rock, you know, after 10 o'clock and shit. 
DJ's name was Craven Moorhead. Craven Moorhead. Shit, you not. I think he ran mandatory Metallica. Anyway, he was talking about, he's like, you know, this is from 1986, Master of Puppets, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I, here we go. I've never heard this stuff before. This is awesome. You know, breakthrough moment, hopefully. And disposable Heroes, which if you've heard it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 14 years old, I'm sitting there, I'm like, with the fucking the machine gun riffing. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then, bah, bah, and it builds and builds and builds. And when it breaks, that fucking riff. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, mouth agape, eyes as big as the fucking moon. I'm like, what? What? This is awesome. Fireworks going off in my fucking brain. The light bulb's kicking off I'm like fuck this is awesome awesome I sat there for eight and a half minutes because that's how long the song is and at the end of it I'm like like I just got fucking electrocuted just what next day I go with my dad I'm like hey dad can you buy me this record I don't know if you ever heard of the band it's Metallica next day it was Friday I get off from school and my dad takes me and my brother out for a drive in the country and plays the... He bought the... He went to Grammys, bought the CD, played it front to back. And I listened to Master of Puppets for the first time in the back of the car, just sitting there like... Bah! I'm like, that <laughs> fucking sweet. That was really cool. You guys like this? I really like this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then it fucking went off from there. And I was... Yeah. Went and bought all the, the first four albums and whatnot and just like... One after another, one after another. I'm just like, whatever. I remember I almost got into a fight with this chick that my brother was dating at the time. This is, I think I was 16. High school. Uh, he was two years ahead of me. This chick, her name was Holly, or Molly? I think it was Holly. She was all about, like, the Cure and the Smiths and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, As I've, I've listened to that stuff since, you know, having gotten older, obviously, and I'm like... Okay, I see why people like yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Cure is actually really good. You can, you can appreciate anything in retrospect. Exactly. The Cure, actually really good. Very good band. Oh, yeah. The Smiths, I can't fucking stand Morrissey's voice. But then again, I listen to Neil <laughs> Young, and I know people that don't like Neil Young's voice. Or... I'm making fun of Morrissey. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, I don't, I don't hate him, but like it's still really easy to make fun of him. So I, you do. I, I once uh, <laughs> saw a meme where they referred to him as the vegan Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what? And I started looking at him. I'm like, all right, he's a little controversial, I guess. Whatever. But uh, she was all into that stuff. Fucking hated Metallica, hated Zeppelin, all that stuff. And that was what I was in Priest and Maiden. Yeah. And that's what I was into at the time. I fucking, I listened to Painkiller probably 80 times. Oh, well, yeah. Not, it's an exaggerated number, but I remember getting their greatest hits and Painkiller was on the greatest hits. And I'm just like, well, this is different than the rest of the stuff I've heard. <laughs> that yeah. they've done and I remember uh, once again I digress in the story I remember at one point my brother was like why are you listening to that hair metal I'm like fuck you dude say fucking hair metal fuck this that, 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 that. and he was just saying it to fucking jab at me but I remember uh, and this is a different girlfriend actually a later girlfriend that he had uh, she used to pick me up from school and also give him a ride home and then they'd drop me off and they'd go do boyfriend girlfriend high school stuff yeah. you know uh fucking uh 
And I remember I had I had Painkiller. It was the day after I bought it, the CD from Gromy's Record Shop. Once again, I told numerous times about that place. That was my safe haven. That was, that was my safe space. That in the library, record store and library when I was a kid. I, I say a kid. Remember back in my day. <laughs> I get it, and uh, I'm like, hey, put this in, put this in, put this in. My brother's like, all right, whatever, whatever, it's stupid, blah blah blah. Puts fucking painkiller in. That drum intro ha- hits off the title track, and he's yep. sitting there the same way I was, just like mouth agape, eyes as big as the stars, and he's just like, "What, dude, dude?" I'm like, "Am I sitting there all vindicated? Like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, this is the priest. You better fucking buck up, bitch. You know, like." Like, talking shit, but not talking shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I fucking told you this like, shit no, was. yeah. Like, why, why would you even deny a priest in any respect? Yeah. Like, and so, like... Even if they do have some hair metal shit here and there, it's like, shit. Oh, dude, you gonna argue with Turbo Lover? I'm not. That's one of the greatest, worst songs ever. Yeah. Or one of the worst, greatest songs ever. Sometimes, what's the difference? Eh. Great. There's, there's a gray area. Yeah. But I remember that he got really hooked on uh, Hell Patrol the second song on the album that was that was the one that we always like jam out to like when he moved away we I'd go visit him and fucking play that shit awesome it's funny too a a random thought especially about like music you grew up with or that you still listen to I think even more so than having the music attached to a memory like when you're you know growing up like Growing up playing video games, uh, we'd always play a. Uh, we had this game. It's called Vigilante Eight, which is like a knockoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Of uh, Twisted Metal. Yep. Yep. yep I yep. play that game all the time and listen to Painkiller. Mm-hmm. You know that or uh, the greatest or Priest's greatest hits. Definitely Painkiller though. It, it just whatever about it. Like the neighbor was telling me one time, not one time, many times, uh, when he was fifteen, sixteen. Uh, playing Legend of Zelda he'd listen to Injustice for All so okay. he, when he hears like short straw or whatever he can yeah. only think about fucking Zelda that's funny cause I used to play like what is it Aerosmith like Duke Nukem 3D and uh Turok 2 on the Nintendo 64 I used to play that before going to school with uh my neighbor from down the road yeah another another one was the the Tony Hawk and Dave Mira soundtracks like to those games yeah yeah so my brother played those games all the time so like those like that kind of like poppy punk kind of stuff like not like Pennywise and uh like like Bush I guess but no Bad Religion yeah, okay. stuff like that yeah, early yeah, Dead yeah, Kennedys yeah. I, I, I say poppy in quotes but meaning, yeah stuff like that <laughs> yeah that's how I got that's how I started listening to a lot of those those bands are like dipping my toe into that stuff but I guess what I was saying is I think even more than the memory attached to what the music is that you know one of the reasons why you still general you still listens to it after X amount of years I think it's also at least with me like like uh, like Steve Earle or The Cult for instance yeah yeah Uh, I don't I haven't listened to a whole lot of their stuff in comparison to all the stuff that they have out because they've been around for 30 plus years but the fact that I kind of feel like I, I found them. You know, not to say, like, oh, 
you know, I was the first one to start listening, but like when I when I was when I got into them, it wasn't because yeah. someone like you had to discover it. them on your own. Yeah, it was yeah. because it, like uh, half the stuff that I have and I'm very thankful and grateful for is because someone recommended it or was like, hey, listen to this or oh yeah, it was dude, because like I was a kid for like a long time, like I was on like uh like metal guitar forums or whatever, and like a lot of the shit I was discovering in my like teenage years was like off of that shit. Yeah, and it's like broad spectrum of taste so i could like you know like anything like i might have like any pale interest in like i could like delve like so deep into is like i can't like i'm flabbergasted yeah it's well, awesome. it was like all the like as a kid all the tunes and the flicks that i soaked in was like you know my parents old tapes or my brother practicing his guitar and like hey listen to this and sitting by his bed and having his, having the radio set up and just because I remember we used to, we used to do uh, he used to do actual mixtapes. Yeah, like yeah. do the whole like put the blank tape in, record it from the radio, and put like a little whatchamahoogie together. And I did the same thing with CDs. I at one point I remember like when we started doing like Soul Seek and LimeWire and downloading songs and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Guy put together and like the whole seventy five minutes filled the whole blank CD up. I had like eighteen of them, twenty of them. It, it, would, oh, dude, it would be of, like, like I'd, I'd be like whole albums and I'd like burn like CDs and shit and just like have like a whole like binder full of that yeah. shit no like I, I can't tell you how many nights it was always in the winter time too like sitting at the dining room table with my brother two three in the morning we're getting ripped and he's just playing like all his grindcore all like weedcore uh, all his just this heavy brutal stuff but it was, you know, it was perfect for winter time because oh, yeah. that, you know, in Northwest Ohio, that's yeah. kind of like the time where it's like everything sucks. So we're gonna listen to music, I to like, make it less suck. <laughs> I like Viking metal and black metal for like winter time. Oh, uh, that that's like my, some uh, of my favorite music to listen to this Le- time of year. Electric Wizard, I Hate God, Dystopia, um, Anubiskate actually because Anubiskate. they have a uh, Snowbound. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, anti scene, anti scene. That's all like music for winter time for me. That's like the only time I'll listen to that stuff is in winter time. Yeah, because yeah. it reminds me of that. But at the same time, that was my brother like having his eight million playlists and just sitting at the computer. All right, we're gonna listen to this now. We're gonna listen to yeah, this. Yeah. Hey, can I put no? <laughs> what is it? Me, me and my buddy back from my hometown. We like brew tea and like listen to like black metal and shit like that. Like during the winter time. I remember, uh, yeah, because <laughs> it was at that time where, like I've said before, he was in, he was in like death metal bands and shit, and going to my uh, old friend Jay Wartman, his shack, his practice shack, out of his place. Yeah, 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 yeah. All he would listen to, I swear, I swear, all he would listen to, DSI, Campbell Corpse, Slayer, and Primus. <laughs> it, like, I mean, hey, at least that's Ran- a variety, right? There. And, like Robert Randolph and the Family yeah. Band and shit. And I'm like, what? And, uh, hey, hey man if you got your taste you got your taste yeah you know, all power to them yeah well like, it was at that time where I was like soaking all the stuff in and hanging out with these older guys yeah and yeah taking in what they're listening to and that kind of stuff and it was a very interesting time but I think the the great one the the, the ones that I think you really cling to are the ones you find on your own yeah, yeah. you know like no one you, you know you might you might have seen them on a TV show like one of the ones uh, I used to watch like all the time, like 
MTV, VH1, or whatever would have like their top 10 lists of whatever. Or their top 100 lists of songs or albums. Or yeah, Rolling yeah, Stones, yeah. 500 greatest albums, you know, that shit. I remember VH1 had, and this is 2001, 2000, 2001, uh, 100 greatest hard rock band, bands of hard rock and heavy metal. And it's the list that you would expect, you know, oh, all, dude, all the yeah. bands that yeah, you've definitely. ever heard of are on the list, you know. Well, you know, at the time, a lot of those bands I didn't know. So I'll be like, oh, okay, they people seem to like this. I'll check this out. And then, you know, take from that what, what you will. You know, I, I sunk in. I used to make fun of ACDC all the time, and then I started getting into ACDC. It was game over. I fucking, I remember when I bought Back in Black, and I started doing the Angus Young, my impression, yeah. like the whole, like, duck walk and the, the head banging and the knee bobbing that he, shit that he does. Being in the middle of the living room, and my dad took me to get this, get the CD, the CD too. My mom was just standing there shaking her head, and she had this look <laughs> on her face like, "No, all right." <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, and I, I remember I used to, same thing with Razor's Edge, when I got that, stand in front of the speakers and try to sing like Brian Johnson. Yep. You can do it when you're 15, but after you've been smoking for 10 plus years, you know you're just like. Wow, oh shit. To, fun fact, I uh, played with a uh, ACDC cover band with a dude who could sing just like, you know, Brian Johnson or Bon Scott. Like, he, he he was okay. But, like, you know, he was like, and he never, like, drank or smoked or anything, and he was kind of like Christian. So. Odd. Yeah. What was the name of the band? Was it Thunderstruck? <sighs> no, we didn't really get, like, off the ground or anything. I only like, practiced like, twice, I think. Oh. Because I remember, uh... But, like, no, it's like, hey, you look at Malcolm Young, so, uh, you should be a rhythm guitar player. Like, <laughs> so I did. I mean, the shit was easy, so it's like, I picked up, and I was like, okay, I can play C and G all day, so... Yeah. I remember uh, my, <laughs> my dude, Ricky Miller, who was in the band The Hobbs, that my other friend, Ian, the, the other Ian drummer, who I hate to admit, but I will admit it, is a fucking beast, and he's, he's, he's better than me, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh... He was in a band called Thunderstruck, and he was lead guitar. He was okay. he, he was uh, oh, Angus yeah, oh, Young, and killed it. He had the duck walk. He had the knee bobbing. He had the head the head thing. He had the SG guitar. He play all the licks, and yeah. they actually like went out on tour as like the best ACDC cover band in the area and all that shit, and like went to festivals. I think I think they they played like pretty good Cedars too. Do you remember Voodoo Nation? I played with those guys, too. I do b- not. Before they became Voodoo Nation. Mm-hmm. It was, uh... What was it? Godsmack, I guess. I was playing bass. Bass player actually played some cool licks. I'll give him that. That's just... <laughs> random memory. I remember one of the first bands my brother had was a three-piece, kind of like prog thing. Yeah, and, and he'll yeah, probably, yeah. If he listens to this, he's probably going to punch me through the fucking speaker, but... Can't run from the past. <laughs> but <laughs> they used to play at this church that would have like live bands on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. And there was this one band that only did covers. They did Tool and Godsmack covers. And I, I oh remember God, that. It sounds like some dudes I used to play with in high school. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> as a cover band, it was pretty good. And the, the, okay, you know, okay. like they knew they knew the tunes, but I just I just remember that I was like thirteen. I 
probably, I don't fucking, 12, 13. And it's just always funny to me, like, cover bands. Like, I, I, I don't know if I can say I get it. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, like, even, like, playing it once, like, I was just kind of doing it to, like, you know, pass time, honestly. Like, I was like, already, like, in a full-time band. I was just kind of, like, you know, weighing my options and just, like, you know, like, you know, I was bored on the side, so, like, okay, I'll... Because, like, uh... You show this gas station I was working over in the Nagoya, and, uh, I hooked up with the drummer, uh, who worked over there. And that's the drummer from that, uh, Voodoo Nation or whatever. Okay. I... Well, it's yeah. funny because, like, when I started playing drums and was playing drums for a while intermittent basically like every almost every day i'd always play two songs mm-hmm. not two songs but to songs like i play along to zeppelin or metallic or whatever but it kind of hindered me because i never really came up with my own licks and even i guess when i play now i just kind of just bash away still you know i, I i'm kind of in the process of coming up with my own licks because i uh I would like to send live beats. It's all beats. about uh, rudiments with when it comes That's to drums. That's the thing. That's the thing, yeah. is, and I I gotta retake all that. I gotta relearn all that. Hey, I'm still in some bad guitar habits. So, yeah, I gotta yeah. relearn all that. Especially maybe, maybe we need to jam some time. Well, and for me, especially like with the wrist and ankle movements. Yeah. Because that's really the key. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key is with drumming for me is. is Wrist, I, I like your, a lot of like jazz style drummers, honestly. Like I like like the interesting shit. That's kind of not that avenue, but I've been wanting to put that more into the playing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I like to do, like instead of just you know, blah, 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 and you know, just kind of play for feel. Mm-hmm. Play for you know, uh, not an exact tempo, but kind of just see what happens. Yeah, you yeah. know, playing more like a, a Stuart Copeland than a John Bonham. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Or doing kind of like a Larry Mullen Jr. thing from U2, where you know it's not flashy, but as far as a metronome drummer, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. Like the dude is always on time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always even even as that's another rant I'm probably gonna get into right now is with them. I love a good chunk of their stuff. Yes, Bono and Edge are douches. <laughs> I'll, whatever. I mean, it comes with the territory. Do. Yeah. But one of the things that has chapped my ass so much about what the, what they've done with their sound over the last quarter century almost is they've, ta- they've taken away their best asset, which was their rhythm section. It's not flashy stuff. I mean, and a lot of it is not even... Technically, and like technically, it's not that great. Oh, yeah. but, I mean, but they, like they service like, the song. They try to do like poppy in nature, but like you know, they still kind of experiment a little bit. Yeah, but my thing is like they they've taken away the oomph that their rhythm section had, and like like on the early stuff, just being like you know, war unforgettable fire. Which was before Joshua Tree, which is what broke them. The the oomph and the sha na na, so to speak. Of, so to speak, of the rhythm section is to me is what carried a lot of those songs, and it's just very basic, but it just has that drive, it has yeah, that yeah, yeah. girth. That you know, it's that's where the fucking comes from, and those old songs are theirs. But 
since then they've taken this ambient thing and they like they just kill they've murdered the rhythm section and I never have understood why Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen Jr. have just let that happen. I, 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 I don't understand. I feel understand. like they, they killed a lot of like British rock groups with that well, same shit. Yeah. Even though they're Irish but <laughs> but yeah, you know close enough I guess. No but they're they're Americanized. Uh, yeah. I had a friend tell me once he's like they were one of those bands, they they got to a point in their popularity where everyone realized the Rolling Stones were getting old, so they had to have a band to replace them. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically did the same thing. Uh, or like, you know, once like, Oasis came out, it's like they needed a band to replace the Beatles. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never. There's like two... I mean, there's plenty of bands that are doing that, but you know, that, yeah. man, that one came to mind, I guess. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely the one. And that's, you know, the thing with the Beatles, once again, like, I respect the hell of them. I get why everyone loves them. I understand, like, when they came on, you know, that Beatlemania, that frenzy, like, we've never heard music like this. Like, a band can write, actually write their own songs instead of doing covers and have shit written for them and just yeah. follow the line. I get it. The production level on some of that stuff yeah. is tip-top. But, like, the best band that came out of that was Badfinger, in my opinion. You've yeah. You've said this before. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, because I think I went off on a rant about how I've always been more of a Stones guy. Yeah. And then, yeah. That, actually, funny, uh, talking about what we were talking about on the last uh, insertion of this, when I was talking about songs that you hear a million times and you don't think, you don't know who it is, and then yeah. you, hear, you hear who it is and you're like, who? Or what? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Big Blue? Yep. That track, it, uh, everyone's heard it. Uh, if I remember, we'll post it on the link. It's one of those tracks, million times. I know I've heard it. No, I've heard it million fucking times. Never knew who it was. Or like the the ones, the one another great toe tapper is. How long has this been going on? Yeah, man. The band, the band is named Ace. Never knew that. Yeah. Like up until like a, not too long ago, like. That was another one, you know, to quote Nice Guy Eddie, heard a million fucking trillion times back in the day. A lot of people didn't know, like, Ballroom Blitz was done by the suite. Mm-hmm. Or that uh, Fox on the Run. Yeah, yeah. That was another one. Heard a million times, never knew who it was. And I still can't, I, I still cannot get over, I talked about this in, on the last episode, or pre, uh, I always thought Kenny Loggins did the heat is on. <laughs> I, I just I cannot get over it. I learned I learned that probably three months ago, four months ago, whatever. And I'm just like, I always thought that was Kenny Loggins. I, I never thought that was a dude from the Eagles. What the fuck? <laughs> or um, I hate to admit this is one I I hate to admit. Even I. The fact that I was a kid doesn't even excuse this. Like, this is how bad this one is. All right, you ready for this one? Yeah, sure. So, one of the tapes that we'd always listen to, like, on staycation drives, like the Hocking Hills or the Lake yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Al Green's, Al Green's Greatest Hits. Al I, Green. I'm pretty sure I was conceived Al Green. My mom and dad. <laughs> and you know what? Thank you very much, mom, pa. You know, Al Green's the shit. Don't get me wrong. I always up until about the age of nine 
because I that was that tape was on all the time. Yeah. So like even when I was like nine, ten years old, I'm like I've heard this a million times. You know that one greatest hits where it's him's on the cover, shirtless with the necklace, and he's got his hands clasped together. I always thought it was a fat white dude. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I remember like we'd I had heard the tape a million times, uh, but I never looked at the fucking cassette. Yeah, yeah. And I just always <laughs> thought it was just like fat white dude, like Frank Sinatra esque, but like fat with these like hot black. I understood the black chick part with, like, with the choir. Just but like that, I look like Bob Seger in Stranger in Time? Well, that's not as nearly as weird because that's pretty much. Dude, if you were to grow your beard out a little bit more. I'm, I'm almost there and, at this point. And you get, <laughs> and you get that mane feathered. Oh, oh yeah, dude, yeah, the feathered mane is the, feather, the crucial part right No, there. the feathered mane, the the uh, regular just like white or blue t-shirt, and the, the denim vest. Yeah. The denim yeah. vest that goes to your waist. It, dude, I swear if you, uh, any, anyone out there that has seen this stuff knows what Nate looks like, go Google fucking The Strangers in the Night album from Bob Seger. Look at the, the front is not so, is almost as much. Look at the back cover where he's with the band. Yeah. And that's Nate Fitch in 1978. <laughs> I swear to Christ, dude. Dude, when the lady friend told me that, she's like, that looks like Nate. That looks like Nate. I about fucking shit a brick. <laughs> I was laughing so fucking hard about that. Dude, it was hilarious. It's like funny because you like texted me about that. And it's like literally a year before that, like my buddy Steve said the same exact thing. Fucking funny. It was like, oh my God. On, <laughs> on, his, on his not much of a cool note, I remember when... Uh, in middle school, when I first got glasses, I got like the, like the fat, thick black rim glasses, like I'm wearing yeah, now, but yeah, they were yeah. thicker, and my hair was more of a bowl cut, and I was fatter, like just filled out more. Oh, what's up, Jack Osborne? Fuck you, motherfuck you. I I understood the Buddy Holly thing. It was annoying at the time. Well, I used to get compared to Kevin Smith back in the day. So. Really? Yeah. I used to get called Lunchbox on the daily. So. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I remember my the the neckbeard um, name that was given to me. I I, I kind of miss those things. No, I don't. I don't miss having a fucking mutton chops down to my shirt collar. Uh, I miss thick. the ignorance sometimes. I you know what? I I kind of if anything like that childish like oh it's cool. Let's let's do this. That's cool. You know, yeah. just that, like, let's yeah. do it because it sounds cool. Whereas now it's like, well, I gotta do that. I gotta be did Hey, buddy, how much does it cost? I gotta work in the morning. Hey, me, me, me. Yeah. Like, uh. Yeah. Like, I. That's mundane. Yeah, that, that, whole, that whole feeling of just being able to walk out of the house, no phone, no money, no keys. I'll be back at sundown. I miss that shit. Just yeah. go walk around the neighborhood, fiddle with stuff. Like, I didn't really have any friends anyways. Like, I'm not to, like, portray myself as that kid, but I was like, it was actually kind of cool. Like, just I mean, walking you know, around dude, town yeah, by no, myself. It was, like, regular for, like, you know, that, like, I, you know, I just, like, fucking walk to the park sometimes and just, like, you know, I, like, go and do shit. Dude, I'd, I'd, I'd walk to the record store by myself. Yeah. I'd go to the library by myself. I'd go to the music store by myself. I'd go to the store by myself, the, the, the drive-thru, whatever. It was weird 
just I, it, it never felt weird then it's but it's kind of weird now because everything's so protected and by yeah, protected yeah. i mean like okay wait, 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 call me and you know put this tracking device in your ass and like whatever <laughs> I, it was it's it, it's weird in a in the best of ways because if it, it, it was free it felt yeah. free and you never even consider like hey a white van could just pull up and take me right now yeah, you know, I, like, I never had to worry about that shit. I grew up in a small town, like you know, that shit never happened. Thankfully, not uh, until like ten years into my, like my schooling years. It was a. Uh, I'll get into for that. me. Well, yeah, for <laughs> me it was like, okay, you know that house on the corner and blah blah blah. Yeah, stay away from there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know that the apartment complex and uh, on the street. Yeah, stay away from there. Okay. And I don't even want to go off on a whole thing like, oh, it's the parents or the kids or overprotective and social, whatever. I don't even want to do that right now. It was just, hey, you know that place? Yeah, don't go there. Okay. <laughs> I literally, like, I would just walk around. And if I ended up somewhere, it was usually the library or the record store. Record store. Yep. That was it. That was it. Because I didn't really, not to say, like, it was freeing not having friends like I just because, like, at that time in my life, I didn't know how to communicate. Very socially awkward. Very, because I just didn't, like, I'd go out to shows and rage out and shit. Yeah. And that was when I was like, okay, like, that's how I know how to communicate with people, yeah. I guess, is be the crazy one. Like, I lived in a small enough town, like, main attraction was, like, a bowling alley. And, like, when I was, like, younger, I'd, like, there's, like, a video store that we'd go to, hang out. We'd go over, like my drummer's house or whatever we yeah. hang out or like like when my brother would go over yeah. and have practice I'd sometimes hang out with him mm-hmm. you know just I didn't have anything else to do and it didn't really like bother me like oh I wish I could go all people I, yeah. I know but like the people that were there's in, like literally were, nothing else to do within like fucking like a half mile yeah especially like when you're six, like yeah. 16 or whatever and like for me, I got I got a late start on the boning phase, but like, you know, I didn't have a I didn't have a, a girlfriend at the time. I didn't yeah. have a job. I didn't know what that was. I just thought, oh, I'm just I'm gonna go here now, and, and then I went to wherever it was, and then I went home, and, and yeah, it was like a, yeah, I, it was whatever. It was actually pretty cool, but I think that's another thing that not the the freedom or the innocence, but like that. Yeah. There's no thing a lot of you kids have like, responsibilities. Yeah, a lot of kids just don't like respect that nowadays. Like with like technology, everything seems closer than it is. When really, like you know, you kind of have to like travel to like realize like the distance between, like you know, like Ohio and say like Washington. Yeah. Like totally different. Or, like even well, Texas or. I mean, it's cr- wherever it, you go. I mean, to bring up the cliche point. It's great now that you can communicate with people across the fucking world. Yeah. It's amazing. But I think people get... They pocket themselves uh, into their phone. Yeah. Into their source of communication to the point where they don't even want to be around and don't... Like, don't call me, text me. Yeah. No, do I totally get anxiety. Like, like, what? I get that nowadays. Like, I'd rather have fucking someone text me before they call me. And it's like... I don't know, I've had, like, bad anxiety issues, like, people just, like, you know, like, calling me in general, like, sometimes I just won't, I won't answer the phone for, like, a day, because, like, 
know. I've never, I've never had that. Yeah. I remember uh, a friend of mine used to have. You could never order a pizza. Mm-hmm. You can never order a pizza. You I can do, dude. I'm the same way. Like I won't like call someone. Like I'll order online before I like call somebody. I don't know why. Like maybe it's just like I feel it's easier because like I can do things the way I want to. Yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe it's like, eh, yeah, like my, a control my, issue. <laughs> anytime I'd be over at his place and we get pizza, he'd always like hand the phone to me. He's like, yeah. I'm like order, dude. It's like he's like, I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. All right. I don't understand it, but all right. But that that source of it's funny now that now that most of the world's connected, in theory, and kind of if if I can kind of chip back to a point I was on the verge of making. That's the funny thing now, like we hear people talk about, like how there's too much, there's too much information. There's too much music to choose from, movies yeah. to watch. Oh, dude, yeah. Content-wise, I mean, we're doing a podcast. There's five million other podcasts. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Content overload, whatever you want to call yeah. that. And people are I like... I say that we produce high-quality content for I what think we so. do. I think so. Oh, yeah. Two guys in a room, no yeah. cup. And we, 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 love, we like what we do. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, 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 yeah, that's why it keeps the genuinity, and, so to speak. Yeah, true. <laughs> And, but I think that feeds, or at least used to feed, it feeds into the nostalgia much more for older folk, because they're like, all the stuff now is not nearly, when I, back when I was growing up, you know, whatever. And I had this argument with my mom not too long ago, I think it was last year. No, it was earlier this year, when I last visited her, excuse me. She was talking about how there's so many more bad movies. Yeah, oh dude. I don't even disagree with that. I don't... Well, here, here's my argument. I don't disagree with it, but at the same time... I feel like there's just more movies in general. If you look at per capita, because the population yeah. has obviously... Then, by, by all means, yes, there's definitely more bad movies. There's more movies in general, the, but like, there's yeah. definitely more bad movies because of that. Yeah. The population has grown. Yeah. The access to the equipment has grown. It's become cheaper. More people can make them. More people are willing to distribute them. Yeah. If you look at per capita, I'm this is gonna sound slightly communistic, but if you look at per capita and the modes of production and the method of production, you're going to have that. There's no more like on average, there's no more bad shit as far as content than there ever was. There, there's just more of it because the numbers have blown up in the last fifty oh, yeah. years. More people means more people interested. You know, the technology's gotten better, so the fucking, it's cheaper, and so you're going to have that. And I was telling him, like, you're going to tell me every movie back in 1975 was awesome? Come on. Really? Yeah, it's a stretch. You know, every album back then was awesome? Nah. nah. 38 Special, really? You're going to fucking tell me that? You know? <laughs> but, you know, not to dig on them specifically, yeah. but it's, I don't think it's any different. You just, my thing is, is like, it's a great opportunity and a pain in the ass at the same time nowadays because you got to dig for it. Oh yeah. You got to keep going, you got to and because you know back in the day you know you got to imagine this, you know. You went to a record shop for instance. That was all there was was the stuff in that shop. 
you can go to the guy and say, hey, I heard this, it's not here, can you order it for me? But you could, and that was all there was. There, you, you, you know, there's no one in the record shop looking on the fucking internet to see whatever. There's no online ordering. You know, you went to a movie theater, they had X amount of movies, that was all you knew. Because you didn't know about what was going on overseas. And, you know, for instance. Oh, yeah. So I think the market's definitely diluted, but at the same time, there's always good stuff out there. You, you just have to look for it. But I think people, I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing where people would rather have a hard copy and actually do the homework, or there's just too much and they get overwhelmed. So I think I it's know. a little bit of both of those things. The, yeah, I would, I would assume so, but... Alright, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I actually, um, I, we gotta get to this question. Oh, yes we do. That was a, that was the main reason we, uh, decided to do a second part. We yeah. gotta get to this and fucking question. we got question. into our heavy metal discussion. We got into the heavy metal discussion. Also, uh, oh, I wanted to bring up, too, the Headbangers Journey oh, documentary. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think I've done that before, but. Uh, as far as that discussion that we we're having about the metals, if you're ever curious about a very good anthropological um, take on it, uh, Metal, a headbanger's journey. This guy, I can't remember his name, he was uh, going for his master's thesis in some like Toronto University, and he was going through his master's in anthropology. Anthropology. <laughs> anthropology. <laughs> and his and he was a big metalhead and, and has always been so he did the basically did his thesis on that on like the history of the genre so i just wanted to give that a quick shout out oh uh, anyway question of the day i threw this out there on the facebook page and on the twitters and Nate, i'm gonna pose this question to you because i i, I want us to both get this out oh of the way. yeah yeah I, I told you my answer earlier but yeah let's, let's yes. get into it if you could change one historical event, knowing its repercussions, what would it be and why? Uh, the chief engineer in uh, running the tests on uh, Chernobyl under the circumstances that, uh, that they did it in. It's like they had like the night crew come in who had never done like a shutdown before. And uh, because they couldn't get like the diesel reactors to uh, go while the engine, w the reactor was shut down. They didn't have it put back up before it went critical, and that's what caused it to, uh, you know, leak all that fallout or whatever. <laughs> it was very insightful, Nate. But uh, uh, I just make sure that guy never show up to work. Just never do those tests in the first place, and then you'd be good. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to read off uh, some of the, an the answers that we got. Because I put this on our page, and then I... Uh, boosted it to the promote your podcast facebook page uh we're actually yeah. i noticed that uh, we're actually received that, like yeah, 400 yeah. more uh 400 no, like i got some good people. exposure yeah. out of that so i i'll uh withhold the names for their sake uh first one vietnam war ah yeah, That's a good yeah, one. yeah second one i'll just read what they said I'd go back and offer Hitler an art scholarship. Maybe he goes down a different path and becomes a world-renowned <laughs> artist, or maybe World War II becomes a lot more colorful. Who knows? You know, I, I would hope it'd become more colorful. Uh, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Christopher Columbus's boat would have sank. 
<laughs> JFK not getting shot. He was one of our best presidents. Yeah. Yeah. This is all the comments. The assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Who knows how much changes, but World War One wouldn't have happened at that point without it. If World War One doesn't happen or plays out differently, maybe no Russian Revolution, World War Two, Cold War, etc., etc. All those things may have happened in some way no matter what, but it's hard to imagine things going worse than they did from that point forward. Uh, the last one that we got was 9-11. Ah. Definitely, well, I'd have to definitely agree with that. Mine would be to go back to 324 AD and tell Constantine to not convert the Roman Empire to uh, Christianity slash Catholicism. Ah. The conversion that could be that, interesting. Well, it would at least uh, withheld the creation of the actual Catholic Church. Ah. Et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, maybe the scientific and intellectual progress of this culture and the society might have gone at least a little bit further. I, I, I feel like it would have thrived. I think it would have done a lot better job. But, you know, at the time I needed to thrive, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. But no, uh, I, I, I want to start doing more stuff like that, like throwing just random questions out. See, yeah, dude. See I, I, I like, I like respond with. The, the, you know, the dialogue going on between, like, people and these things. Uh, those, uh, well, it's always good to gauge what they're interested in talking about, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, and with that, I got, Jesus, where do you... Oh wow, we're doing real good. Oh yeah, we do. Look at us. I think we're gonna. I think I'm a tune out for this one. I think you're good on this one too, Nate. Right? Yeah, I think I think we said what we need to say today. <laughs> didn't get too tongue tied and twisted, but uh, yeah. Once again, thanks for tuning in, folks. Thank you very much. Yes. Once again, Facebook, Moon Tower Podcast, Twitter, Moon Tower Podcast, SoundCloud. Europe, Ian. Instagram, Europe, Ian. <laughs> My cat is adorable. Yes, he, she is. But we're going to leave it with that, folks. Thank you once again for tuning in. Glad to be back. And we will leave you with... Threshold, the final mix from Saturn Boy. Good night, folks. <laughs>